Hello and welcome to Live Fix Radio. I'm Chris. This is Colleen. And we're here to uh, talk about a very important topic. Once again, I, Colleen, I believe this is one that uh, you've been asking for for years. I think it's important. For years, uh, you've been asking. Crucial one that we need to discuss. I know. Every show we go to, every festival we go to, since you know we've been doing this thing, you said we got to do a show about live music fashion. And we've met some people that, some experts. Yeah. Really yeah. on fashion. Because I'm not an expert on fashion. I'm the last person to be you know, considered an authority on fashion. I'm not. You know, I enjoy my music. I love talking about concerts. But when it comes to I what, can, I, I, what can I wear at a concert. I can actually honestly agree with that. It, I can actually honestly agree with that. I know. I know. Who do I ask before I go to, you know, before I leave the house if everything matches or looks good? Who, would I, who do I ask? You. Right? Sure. So... So what do we do? We uh, we put together a really great show. I don't know that you should really say it's me because then they'll think every time you leave the house, well, I've no. helped you and no. you know. The point is, I'm not your own free will. Right, I do. You know, I from time to time I go out with you know mismatch uh, socks, right? You know, but when I go to a show, I don't really care pretty much what I wear. You know, I'm a t-shirt and jeans and comfortable shoes. You know, but um, but this is a special episode. Because I wanted to make sure that I did not give any information out or share any biases or things like that. I wanted to bring in the experts. I wanted to make sure that our listeners, everybody out there, is um, fashion know, can actually has, has, has a great opportunity make to make a good show. I mean, if people around you are, are the concert, you mean? Yeah, the concert. If yeah. Everybody's dressed nice, so yeah, you, if everyone's you, dressed you know, nice, it can so if the, make it, or break your show. I the, think. So if the music completely sucks, but everybody's dressed nice, you're cool with that. I, I sometimes I think that's the, if that's the case. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, it can make a show, you know. And what better. if uh, vice versa? If the music's awesome, but everybody's just terrible with the fashion. Bad show. I don't like that either. I think it, it could be a bad show. Okay. So if you're firing on all cylinders, great show, great fashion, it's just amazing. The whole. How atmosphere. many shows have you been to where where you're you got both of those going for you? Um, maybe 60, 70% of the shows I've been to. 67%? That's pretty yeah. good. Nice. Well, we have a fantastic show for everybody here. So we, 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 uh, reached out to, uh, a couple friends. Uh, they're both live music fans, right? You know, so, um, uh, one person is, uh, Brittany Abijan. She's, uh, uh, editor and, uh, editor-in-chief of, uh, the Facets Magazine. And she is a fashion Which is a expert. free... Okay, yes. so if you're like into fashion, this is the best um, online magazine. It's a great article. Yeah, to read. It's great, it's, great, it's, great magazine. It's very cutting edge. It's on top of what's what what's you know important and great to wear. Yep. Especially to a live show. Yeah. So so I said you know I was talking to Brittany and telling her a little bit about the you know what we do on Live Fix and she was excited and I said well you're you know you would present the female side right. So we need uh we need a, a you know the guys represented here because it's just not the girls that are dressing nice going to shows the guys got to dress nice too right guys important for the fashion you know because I've looked at a lot of the Pinterest boards we have a live fix uh, Pinterest board live music fashion but most of the stuff that's pinned up there is all about about women fashion so I asked I said Brittany can you can you recommend anybody so she did she recommended uh, JP uh, he is the owner of um, Urban Offering. Cool, I truly uh, believe. Clothes. I truly believe that skinny jeans on guys yeah. started in a live show. You think so? 
I think so. We have to trace the roots back to that. I don't know. We'll have to. We we didn't talk about that during the show, but um, heck, we can talk about it. Future show, but you think so? We have to trace the roots back. I wonder what JP would would say about that. I think so because you know I think part of it is, it you know I don't know I think um, a lot of people saw it on artists. Yeah. And then they then the. Um, Fans started seeing it on stage, and so they started wearing it. Well, what do you think about that? Does fashion start in the fans, or does fashion start on the stage? Because one of the things that I, you know, I, in, in my kind of pre-chats with with Brittany and other people about this topic of the show is that, you know, it, it did, did does the artist influence the fashion more on stage, or does do the fans influence what happens out on stage, or or what's that, you know, what's that real relationship there going on? You know, because I I don't. You know, I don't know where it stops and where it starts. You know, would a David Bowie concert be a David Bowie concert if he wore just you know t-shirt? Right, and look and at jeans. the Beatles. The Beatles? Yeah, I mean, the mean? Beatles had some you oh, know, the their haircuts and, uh, and yeah, their oh, yeah. suits that oh, they yeah. wore for Sgt. Pepper and oh yeah, um, you know all that stuff really influenced I think the audience. I don't know that the audience influenced them. It's fantastic. I don't know. So we uh, we have a fantastic show, fantastic guests, and just a this it, is just gonna be a fashion complete fashion show. So we're finally doing the show, Colleen. I know you're excited. You get you got some great questions coming up. But uh, before we get into the show, what do we got? Some news. Some, some music worthy news. news some yeah. Worthy so you found this one news. about what's this thing about Kid Rock? So Kid Rock um, recently came out uh, this past week uh, with a concept that he's been. Uh, trying to have happen with Live Nation for a long time. And this concept is every person that comes to his show on the next tour buys a ticket for only $20. Wow. Anywhere that they sit. If they sit on the lawn or if they're, like, you know, in the first five rows. That's great. He's, like, leveling the field. Now, the next kind of little rule that he's put together or idea concept that he wants to do is the first two rows Mm -hmm. are going to be picked fans from all over the stadium Mm -hmm. to um sit in the first two rows see that's interesting so his like roadies and his he's you know some people that tour with him yeah are gonna go pick these people oh because you know it's interesting because most artists uh when they when they tour you know they uh and it's been rumored too that some artists actually pay for these seats out, you know, out in front, uh, you know, that, that sweet spot right in the middle there. And then they actually put those, you know, they sell them on the third, third, uh, the, uh, second, uh, second market, you know, for, oh, for like those, the black market, those VIP or... seats. Sure. Right. Right. Sure. But usually those seats are reserved for family and friends and everything. So Kid Rock is the scalpers. Right. So Kid Rock is saying, no, I want the fans front and center. So uh, I'm not surprised. I mean, Kid Rock is, uh. Ticket, he's known for this Ticket kind of stuff. selling can be kind of, and I don't want to go but down that whole route. That's not what our podcast is about. But the ticket selling can get really, really shady. You know, if you get the right people, and there used to be, there used to be a couple of years ago, there was a lot of scalpers that would would stand in line in Chicago for tickets in New York. Yeah, and they'd get them like you know right away because there was no one no one in line for the New York you know sitting in the Chicago line. So right, there's a lot of you know. Sketchy stuff that happened. I don't think that is going on anymore. I don't think it's possible. Well, Kid Rock is trying to. He's trying to he break wants, that. He wants to level it. Twenty bucks, yeah. no matter where the seat is at. 
So that's great. And he commented a little bit, which is interesting, on the Rolling Stones. And he says he really likes the Rolling Stones, but he said for six hundred fifty dollars a ticket, which is what the going rate is for their tickets now, uh, he would not go to the show. Hmm. So he kind of commented on that. So he's yeah, he's. Do you a, think Kid Rock is a socialist then? Um, I don't, I don't think so. He's not communist. But uh, if he's trying to make all the you know equal, maybe he's a, a music socialist, a concert socialist. Concert socialist, kind of level the playing field for everybody. You know, everybody wants to pay one thing. I don't know. We'll see how this goes. I hope uh, you know all the Kid Rock fans uh, out there can get Hopefully a chance. Hopefully, he'll to be go, able to sell know. all of the people who come on tour with him, or I mean, it's sell uh, uh, afford them. Yeah, you know, give them what they're worth. Very interesting. We actually have to do a whole show, I think, about how that is, because it's it's kind of a maverick thing to do, you know, because it's, it's you know, Kid Rock is saying, hey, my fans, man, my the relationship with the fans matters more than how much they're paying for my show. Pretty uh, pretty cool stuff. Not uh, too many guys uh, do that. So our our next music piece here is um, something I'm excited about. So there's a new album coming out, uh, the band Justice. So the uh, house, uh, you know, techno rock band. Um, we've seen them a couple times live before, and uh, they are they are one of my favorite. Yeah, I, they're, I, good, I have to, they're good band to see live. Right, right. And I've been, uh, you know, this is kind of my my confession, but more of a kind of letting you guys into some of my daily habits lately is that uh, for some reason I am completely addicted to listening to the live version of um, uh, uh, One Minute to Midnight or uh, the um, the uh, previous, the last Justice uh, live album. You know, it starts with Genesis, one of my favorite Justice tracks. You know, they, they just, they're very, you know... Um, they're like an orchestra. They're they're really good at production and all this kind of stuff. And there's just a lot of energy with that. So, that's been what I've been doing for the last uh, you know in the morning. I listen to that uh, that track. So they got a new album coming out called All Access Arenas, and basically it's all about the um, uh, it captures uh, their show at the uh, Arena of Nines in France. And um, this is pretty cool. You know, this album's been kind of talked about for a while. It's finally coming out. It's coming out May seventh. So. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing from it. Uh, we'll have a link on the podcast uh, to uh, some stuff where you can check out some previews of it. But um, all you Justice fans out there, we want to hear some of your stories. You know, I I, uh, I know that they put on a really good show. And one of the things that they do, if you ever see them live, you know, they use a illuminated cross. So it's really kind of an interesting experience when you see them live. We saw them at the Aragon. That was about two, three years ago or something like that. And... <laughs> It was. Uh, it was a good show. It was quite the show. Yeah. You know, because everybody's kind of that. You know, they do a good job of you know the the, the tippanies and the drums and kind of building. And that up was a sold out show. The that crescendo. We went to, too. You know. Yeah. It was. It was pretty sweet. You know, and then they, boom, and then the light, that cross comes on, and everybody's kind of like your attention is, you know, directed right at that cross. So it's uh, pretty cool stuff. So this album, I hope it, I hope it uh, is as good as the uh, the other one. So. What else we got, Colleen? What's the uh, the next music news that you well, have? Well, right now, as we speak, Coachella's we're over. Be- actually, we're right in between I mean, week one and week yes, two. Yes. So yes, um, and no holograms yet. No holograms. We had a hologram last year. No holograms, but um, uh, I heard that Daft Punk um, actually <laughs> a video of them. Yeah. Came on. Well, it wasn't them. 
Yeah. They were watching. They stole the show without even being there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And they and actually, actually uh, made a surprise appearance. Yeah, they previewed some of their, their new stuff. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that wasn't a hologram, but it was it was on screen. It was I on a screen, and it was, uh, you know, visions of their mixes, the people that were being mixed. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. You know? And I hope that uh, our good friend uh, Isabella is... Uh, Enjoying Coachella. I know that uh, she uh, talked about it on the last show. And, yeah, if you didn't get a chance you know, to listen to our, our last show, it was. Uh, oh man, that it was, was very good. I'm still, I'm still amazed at at just what happened during that episode, and it's so cool that we were able to record that right before Coachella. So if you're a fan listening to this, and you just got back from Coachella, or you're heading out to Coachella for uh, part two, uh, definitely go check that out because uh, Isabella had some ma- amazing things to uh, to share. So. Um, the next, uh, what do we got? Next, next news item. Oh, there's some, there's some cool live albums coming out. So I know a lot of our news here has all about live albums. Um, because we got record store day, uh, record store day coming up. Uh, I believe it's April twenty first or twentieth. So make sure you go to your local record store. Yeah, and there are a, some still around. So make abs- sure absolutely. that you there's a lot of live events going give on. Give them some money. Yeah, a lot of live live events going on. So basically, uh, Titus Andronicus, uh, one of my favorite bands, again. Uh, kind of a punk, uh, punk band, uh, rock and a folk kind of, you know, they got a lot of, a lot of cool different things going on. There's some um, live shows at some of these, um, Yeah, but what they, what they, yeah, yeah. Are you a fan of Titus Andronicus? You took um, some sweet shots of them. I time. did. I'm, I'm not a fan, uh, but that doesn't mean that they're not a great but band. They got this live <laughs> album, uh, was previously only available on vinyl. But now they are uh, offering it for a free live download, so we're going to we'll have some links on where you guys can check that out. Because if you haven't heard of Titus and Andronicus before, um, they're uh, they're a pretty cool band. They're uh, they definitely bring it live. I know you you were digging them, uh, the uh, the bassist, the girl, the woman uh, bassist. Yeah, I, I mean they're, the bands, you know. they're great, you know, musicians. But I don't know that I'm, you know, not a not a huge fan of their music. But they're great. They're great, you know, quality musicians. Yeah, it's one of the bands that I like and you, you don't really like. So I understand that. You're not that excited. But, you know. It's free. Why not? Why can't you get excited about free, Free right? things are great. <laughs> Free's good. Yes. Yeah, so so that is our music news, right? Do you have any other music news that you didn't tell me about? I do not. But, no? you know, support your local uh, record store. Because, you know, I, I just feel like record stores really were were the the foundation of live shows and history and bringing music together and um the festivals would not exist if we didn't have a place where you could buy and talk about music and i think they're just important venues and i I think we sometimes lose we lose that when we're online all the time or the venues have become online and the stores and the community has become online and you know Support your your record stores because I think that it's worth they're worth supporting. There, there you go. That was a beautiful PSA, by the way, for record store, in, independent record store. So, I know independent record owners everywhere are. Um, and I'm not sponsored. I'm not sponsored by. Oh any, no, we uh, get any sponsors for that. Uh, no, I just came straight from the heart. All right, so now it's time for our chat with uh, Brittany and JP, and we also had a special guest, our uh, six month old intern, our son Calvin. Actually, uh, since every episode is a family affair. Uh, Calvin did join us for the interview there, and uh, he didn't ask any questions, but he des- definitely was uh, listening, and so, and it was a pleasure having him join us for the chat. Mm-hmm. 
Brittany, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Fast is a pretty cool magazine. If you could uh, tell us a little bit about how you guys got started. Fastest got started uh, at the beginning of 2011. We started seeing more and more digital magazines pop up, and we kind of started investigating and decided, hey, we could do this too. So we, uh, we, we collaborated for about nine months or so, and we put out our first issue in August of 2011. Um, and we've been going ever since. So we're a bi-monthly digital magazine, um, thefastsmag.com, uh, and it is kind of a lifestyle publication. It's got everything from fashion, food, travel, technology, uh, music, and you know everything in between on occasion. So we, uh, we have a great time doing it. So. And you guys have had some articles about uh, artists that have talked about their live music experiences, so, uh, which is why we want to have you guys on the show. Um, because there's uh, some good stuff. So definitely uh, make sure you guys check out uh, it's uh, uh, thefastestmag.com, right? And uh, we'll, we'll share some more information is, about... Is it free, or what's the cost to, of the subscri subscription? Yes, it's free. Um, it's free to read online. That's kind of our mantra. We, we believe all content should be free online. Um, you can also purchase uh, copies in print, which does cost money, but it is always free to read online. So, so JP, tell us a little bit about uh, Urban Offering and what, uh, what you've been doing with that and uh, some of the things that uh, are cool about that. Yeah, sure. Um, so Urban Offering is a, a company that my um, family started, um, created it with my two older brothers and my father. And really what we're, we're doing is refreshing the custom fashion experience in three different ways. First in accessibility, so making the product more accessible in distribution and in, in price point to our customers. Um, two in refreshing the style and experience, um, really putting uh, into the hands of our clients the opportunity to uh, customize and weave their own personality into the, the garments that we create for them. And then lastly, in social good. Um, so really creating uh, a sense, extending that notion of family as a family business to all our relationships as an, as an organization and into the communities that we have a presence. So at, at a basic level, what we actually do in terms of products we create, it's, it's custom men's suiting, um, it's shirts, overcoats, blazers, and we just started doing a little bit of, of women's outerwear as well. So are, are some of these things that people you might see at uh, concerts, are you guys expanding to that, or is there something that, uh, sounds like there's some things that people would definitely want to wear, and I think that's some of the stuff we'll get into today. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I think depending on, on folks' style, uh, you know, certainly if you're going for a more kind of vintage classic, uh, more formal look. We definitely have some, some kind of throwback vintage style suiting that folks may be interested in and, you know, repping into a concert. So, yeah, so this is actually, you know, this is a show that we've been uh, wanting to do for, for, for a long time. I know, uh, Colleen, you've, uh, you've been saying, we got to do fashion show, we got to do fashion show. So we're finally doing it. So I know you've got some, some burning questions uh, to uh, to ask so absolutely I think fashion has been a huge uh, part of live music and I know for me every show every festival that I've been to is there's someone dressed up in something <laughs> whether it's a costume a full costume or it's uh, you know jeans and a t-shirt and they you know they make it work for that for that show um, I, I think the the simplest fashion piece is the the concert t-shirt and we've talked about that on a lot of shows, uh, and that dates back to whenever music started. So, um, 
you know, and building on that, um, I think, uh, you know, a couple of my questions were for some of the experts is, um, is there something that you absolutely shouldn't wear at a live show? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's easy. Um, the, the number one thing that you should not wear, in my opinion, is flip-flops. Um, and some people would probably disagree. Flip-flops, really? Yes, yes. I see those all the time at festivals. <laughs> well, this is the reasoning behind that answer. It's because um, tons of people are around you, and you're likely to get stepped on. Um, another, another reason is that a lot of times <clears throat> if you're outdoors, there are, you know, there's mud, there's, there's garbage, there's unknown liquids that you may be stepping in. Unknown liquids. <laughs> I like that. I don't think... <laughs> what if it's a beach concert? Okay, well, that's a different story. Okay. That's a different story. But my, my suggestion would be to um, go with um, kind of like a, a, an ankle boot, like a flat ankle boot, which kind of, you know, encases your foot and blocks you from, from those unknown liquids and from getting stepped on by whoever's around you, jumping up and dancing and, and other things. So, nice. so no flip-flops. That's the main, the main thing. Nice, nice. We're going to have to have uh, maybe some, you know, we don't want to do the whole Jerry, Jerry Springer thing, but some counter, point and counterpoints here with uh, some fans uh, on that. Thank you for sharing that, though. That's, that's, uh, that's good. So, uh, JP, is there anything that you would not wear at a, at a show uh, yeah. as far as uh, from the guy's perspective? Yeah, I mean, sure. Flip-flops kind of fall in that, you know, either way. But yeah, what, specifically what for guys. What are some things that you've seen that... Uh, you should, you should not do some concert faux pas. Yeah. yeah. So I just more broadly in, in when it comes to fashion, I tend to not say that there are specific rules around what you should and shouldn't wear. Uh, I think people should feel free to wear whatever they like, feel comfortable with. Um, I, I think it's very much a personal kind of expression, but I, I do have uh, several friends that are big concert goers, and I know one kind of number one rule that they have is not wearing the band's uh, T-shirt to the show. So that's something I'm always cognizant of. And I'll, I'll never wear the band's T-shirt when I actually go to the show. So that's that's one I'll throw out there. So is it totally wrong to wear a concert T-shirt from another show? No, I think that could be good, actually. So it kind of shows, uh, you know, a wider perhaps well-curated musical taste if you can be repping a, a related band, but I, I think it's more so just that, that individual's band. Nice. So one of the things that we've talked about with, with uh, music and uh, or, or live music and how, you know, the intersection of fashion, whether it's what the artist is wearing on stage or what um, the fans are wearing, um, to look at the stage first. Uh, I know, Brittany, we were talking before we uh, hit record here about, uh, you know, David Bowie, Freddie Mercury, those kind of guys, that what they wear on stage is a big part of the show. You know, if they wore you know, a T-shirt and jeans, that it would be a really different experience for the fans. So, um, uh, what do you? Uh, what, what are some of your favorite, uh, you know, artists that have worn things on stage, or you know, certain things that you know, you know, you look at an artist and say, well, they're defining their fashion is is defining what that uh, what that concert, you know concert experience is like. Yeah. So, um, I mean, an obvious one is Lady Gaga. Um, so something that I, I do like about her is that she wears these outrageous outfits, um, you know, along with a lot of other, other, other musicians, but she makes a statement with, with 
her fashion choices. So um, her kind of infamous meat dress, um, <clears throat> which we talked about before, and you know she was making it not just wearing it to kind of for shock value, but to make a statement that um, about you know not eating meat. And so that was kind of a there's a deeper meaning behind some of those things. I know she had another outfit. Um, and it was a bunch of Kermit the Frogs, like, glued all over her. Um, and it, it was just another uh, another statement about animal cruelty. And, and, you know, so you look at it and you think, wow, that's really strange and outrageous. But when you kind of understand the meaning behind it and what she's trying to say, um, you, you can appreciate it. Yeah, and as fans are watching those things on, you know, kind of unfold, because I think what's interesting about the meat dress and what those things that you just mentioned, I don't think she's ever worn those at a show. But it's like those those experiences, you know, kind of they collect together in the fans' mind, and then you know the her her uh, faithful following, the little monsters, bring all that to the uh, to the show. And we were at Lollapalooza, we saw them, saw her for the first time. We saw remnants of the meat dress, all those kinds of things. Fans wearing that kind of stuff to the show. Up, yeah, you know. fans were in caution uh, tape like all over them, and um, I know in her video telephone. Um, she's got some amazing costumes and stuff that really define, I think, or changed the way we thought about wearing objects. You know, I mean, like you said, with the Kermit the Frog and the meat, she had, um, in that video, she has glasses that have uh, cigarette smoking on the glasses. I mean, just using objects in that way, I think, has been huge. And uh, JP, what about what about you? You were mentioning some uh, some artists earlier. Yeah, yeah. I think um, the first one that jumped into my mind was uh, a show uh, I saw a couple years ago um, by Yonsi um, from the the band Cigaros. Uh, he had, I think, just in in general, he's very intentional about all the all aspects of the concerts, not just the music itself, but also the aesthetics of the show. So everything from the set design to the lighting to the video projection uh, to the, the costumes. So it, it, and it all kind of is uniform in its uh, kind of experimental. Like the, the music itself is very experimental and ethereal, I would say. And all of the aesthetics of the set design and all the things I just mentioned were definitely um, consistent with that um, genre of music, it all felt very consistent. So he wore some some pretty interesting uh, costumes to that, including just this um, massive uh, feathered headdress um, and some some really interesting like tattered um, jackets. It's uh, difficult to describe. Maybe we can pass along a photo later. But um, but it was very much consistent with the the you know the actual sound of the the music. Um, so I think I think that's always interesting when you can have bands that are selecting outfits that are consistent and kind of enforce the experience of, um, and 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 yeah, reinforce like the the sound of the the music that they're actually performing. Now, how does that um, that that you know that show? Obviously, you know you went for there for the music, and obviously with your background and the things that you enjoy to do with uh, Urban Offering, like how does how did that experience? And what they're wearing on stage, you know, just take that show to a, to the next level for you. Like, how did that how did that change it? You know, 
Yeah, it's it's a good question. I so it very much enhanced the show for me. I think that show more than any other that I've been to was very much like experiential and the um the the whole it was just very much getting to experience all of the kind of the sights and the sounds together um, was was fantastic. I mean, it was extremely like emotional, moving. It sounds weird saying that, but it was very much a moving concert, more so than than any other that I've been to. Like after the show, the people I was there with, we we just kind of stood there for a couple minutes before we could actually <laughs> kind of talk about it. Yeah. Your work. Cause I know when I go to shows, you know, there's a moment of uh, kind of a you know burst of creativity that kind of gets unlocked by by a chord change or by what I see visually or things like that. Anything like that ever happened for you while you're watching it? You know, you kind of look at you know what you just described by uh, you know the Sugar Ross Band. Does yeah. that influence some of the designs of Urban Offering or vice versa? Yeah. No, kind of give you yeah, some- that's an interesting question. So I, I would say less so with that that genre of music, just because it's a lot more experiential. Um, and experimental than than what we're doing at Urban Offering, uh, but I would say certainly kind of this whole genre of music that's kind of classic Americana, uh, you know, really tying on these you know vintage uh, throwback elements. I think that certainly has an influence over some of the design concepts that we've we've explored as as a as a company. So a lot of you know tweeds. Uh, going back to three-piece suits with, you know, kind of narrow pant legs and peak lapels and, you know, monster cuffs on the on, on the pants. Certainly that is, is influenced by a, a lot of the music that I listen to, certainly. some of the stuff, uh, some time periods that have, uh, they're inspiring for you. So one of those being uh, Woodstock, you know, and kind of that, that time period. So how, how did that, how, how has that event um, inspired you, uh, you know, as a, as a fan and, uh, and the work that you do with Facets? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think it's, it, it clearly has not only inspired me, but it's inspired, um, I would say, the, the majority of, of live music festival concert goers um, today. And I think that, you know, before there was Lollapalooza and before there was Coachella and all those kind of festivals, Woodstock was it. And um, when you kind of take a look at, at that festival in itself, it wasn't about fashion, but a lot of the statements um, that were made there that, you know, weren't really they weren't trying to make a fashion statement were and so um you know like a lot of the the kind of flower child the kind of bell bottoms the the denim the peasant tops the you know hat floppy hats and all those kinds of things are you see that now 40 years later you see it now at um you know outdoor music festivals and I think that um at that time, it, it wasn't. It was almost the, an anti-fashion event, and now you see that 40 years later, um, and I think that's just so cool. Yeah, it started, you know, kind of uh, counterculture, and now it is 
mainstream culture. I think that's that that's kind of what you're getting at, right? Yeah. Where it's like, you know, kind of amazing. So I, I've shared some Pinterest boards with you, uh, with with that, and you know, Coachella. Any any thoughts on those? You know, and kind of, um, you know, you mentioned earlier like what not to wear, but those are the boards that I shared you. The Pinterest boards of live music fashion are kind of what to wear or what people are wearing. So, um, what uh, what kind of recommendations would you make for? you know, for, for people or, or some things that you're looking forward to wearing at your next show? Yeah, so I can give, like, the head-to-toe rundown. Um, so I, I think for outdoor music festivals, it's it's always good to have a hat, some sort of hat. Um, you're out in the sun, you're hot, um, and I think you can make it look really fashionable, you know, a fedora or some kind of wide-brimmed hat. Um, you know, big sunglasses are also also a must. Uh, again, you're outside in the sun, you... Um, and you can make a statement with those. There's tons of, you know, styles that are also kind of reminiscent of, uh, you know, vintage, um, the, the round frames, the cat eye, the, you know, different colors. Um, and then I think, again, with, with uh, the tops, um, something that's lightweight that is kind of flowy so that um, it kind of it gives you some ventilation as you're out in the heat. <clears throat> um, Moving down, um, I would say kind of denim shorts are always great. Or, um, you know, if you're going to go with like a, a long maxi dress or something like that, that's comfortable, lightweight, movable. Um, and then going back to my no flip-flop rule. Um, you're you're going to have to share some visuals, at, at least for the guys' side of this. I don't want to generalize any guys listening to this, but uh, uh, maxi dress. Uh, JP, you may, you may know that what that means, but I think I know so, what that means. Maxi, but, maxi dress. but you don't have to necessarily explain that. I'm just saying, you know, um, just for our listeners out there. But yeah. this, this is awesome. I, I, head to toe is fantastic. Yeah, and... Um, what I was saying, like I, you know, mentioned before with the boots, the, the short, uh, flat ankle boots, they're, they're really fashionable now and they're really functional, um, when you're going to an outdoor show and you may be walking around in, you know, grass, mud, um, whatever it may be. Uh, and then to top it all off, I would say, you know, cool accessories, like lots of bracelets, you know, a big stack or, um, you know, feather earrings, which are also, you know, reminiscent of vintage or, um, you know, lots of necklaces piled on, anything like that. Not all together, but <laughs> separately, those are all great too. Do we, uh, can we expect a article about live music fashion? No, no pressure <laughs> uh, in facets in I, the near future? Yeah, I think I just wrote it. <laughs> oh, you did? All right, all right, all right. And we've talked a lot on this show about the hipster fashion. And do you guys feel like that was created out of live music, or do you feel like that was created out of... Um, like a, a smaller subculture in our society. Have you seen that before in, in live music? Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, so the word hipster is a really old term. And um, actually something cool to know is that the word hippie actually was derived from hipster, which a lot of people think it's the opposite. Um, and it, uh, you know, it, it, it was like very popular in the forties and fifties, the word hipster. And it was kind of, um, used to describe white, young middle-class, um, people who were really into black jazz musicians. Um, and it sort of evolved and it, then it kind of gave way into the hippie, you know, the flower child. And now it's something completely different, um, which is, you know, really interesting, but it, it has always been tied to music which I think is very cool. 
Yeah. Thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, just kind of, yeah. Well, so I don't even know what hipster means any anymore, but uh, I, I would say that certainly the the hipster movement is influenced, you know, fashion-wise, it's certainly influenced by the live music scene. Um, I think there are a lot of, you know, photos that come out of shows uh, and festivals that certainly kind of shape the 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 standards within the kind of the hipster fashion sense. Nice. So with um, you know, uh, all the different types of you know fashion, and um, I'd like to go back to the to uh, to the Woodstock experience. I think there, you know, we we talked a little bit about uh, you know some of the fan experiences, and you know we've mentioned in some of our pre chats, you know about some of the things that, uh, you know, have gone, went on, at, you know, at Woodstock and still go on at festivals today where people are wearing all types of different things. It's a very tribal experience. Um, but spe- specifically with, with fashion and uh, uh, Woodstock, um, what, what, are your, what, are, what are some of your favorite moments, Brittany, uh, from that, you know, from the Woodstock, from, you know, watching the footage and things like that uh, on, uh, on stage? Because there were some pretty wild you know, you had Sly and the Family Stone, you had Jimi Hendrix, you had all, you know, Janis Joplin on stage. What, what are some of your favorite, you know, moments as far as fashion on stage at, at Woodstock? Yeah, um, I would say uh, Jimi Hendrix uh, was one of my favorites who he actually um, closed the show uh, with his famous Star Spangled Banner. Um, but he was just wearing, you know, kind of this outrageously colorful um get up with I think he had some kind of like pink like scarf or you know just very very colorful very um very hippie uh flavor you know with the kind of looser shirt tight tighter jeans um but uh yeah that that uh that that sound and that you know that song and just hit the closing of the show is such uh it was such an incredible moment and um it was yeah I would say it was one of my favorites are there any uh, time periods, JP, that you have that um, you know are more of a? Um... Are there any time? I'm just gonna do a lot of today. That's fine. Are there any uh, time periods that you have, JP, that are that stand out to you as you know? If you could, if you could go back in time and you know experience fashion, live music at at a specific period in time, where where would you go back to? Yeah, I think you know it's interesting to see where fashion is is right now. I mean, you're starting to see. A lot of the the '70s influence where men's suiting is today. So you're seeing a lot of the the large, wide peak uh, lapels, and you're seeing the double-breasted suits. Uh, I don't think you're seeing a lot of that type of fashion or suiting being worn in the the music scene at that time. So you probably have to go back to the '20s and '30s to start seeing a lot of the kind of throwback style um, that we're that we're seeing today in in men's suiting. So certainly th- at that point in time, um, you know, getting to see some of the the, the real vintage style, um, uh, you know, elements of fashion that we're seeing today. So certainly at that point. Nice. Now we uh, we talked about in the news section segment in the beginning about uh, about Rihanna and and some you know she just played here in uh, Chicago at the eventually she did it took like four hours to get to the show but um, you know and she blamed Chicago traffic apparently on the on her problems which is funny I even commuting uh, doesn't take four hours to get from the United Center to Barrington but she in, actually has her own clothing line right um, called River Island so she put out 120. Uh, pieces, I guess, um, this year. So at the New York Fashion Week, and um, 
it, apparently it's very risque. So how do you guys feel? Is there is there a, I mean, obviously when a person is on stage or giving a show, do you think that there's a point where it gets to be too revealing? Men and women, because I've seen it both, both <laughs> ways. Um, yeah, so... So River Island is actually, um, it's a European retailer that she did like a collaboration with. Um, but so it, it has kind of a European flair to it in the sense that it's just a little more risque, a little more out there than uh, American fashion usually is. Um, but I, I do think that um, it's, it's interesting because, you know, to go from the stage to the runway, it's not always, it doesn't always translate. And I think that... Um, that may be something that is a little more unique about her line is that she does bring some of that that performer um, type of you know outfit uh, to the line, and it's it's not um, you know runway. To, it's not something that you would go out and wear to your office. <laughs> it's, it doesn't translate in that sense, but it is, um, and it isn't meant to. I don't think. So you mentioned things that work and don't work when you're translating from the runway to the stage. So what would be an example of something that like wouldn't work like yeah and, and what Rihanna is doing or any or any artist where you've seen that you know like how you know tr you know trying to translate it from you know runway experience to you know to the to concerts yeah um I think uh I it I think it depends you know it depends on kind of um who who the performer is and what kind of genre music it is but um you know, you wouldn't wear something to a Rihanna concert that you'd wear to a Dave Matthews Band concert. It just doesn't translate. But um, I think that uh, you know, when you when you have, are you look? Are, you mean like a an outfit example? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, I guess it, it, it's yeah. I was just interested in seeing what like what um, you know is it a, from like a functional perspective? You know, like like I've never seen Lady yeah. Gaga wear her meat dress during a show. You know, because obviously Pants during her show, <laughs> right, she wears very little during her show, and, right? and, and so does Rihanna. Yeah, and I, I think so. In terms of the the performer, I think um, it actually works better for them when they have less to deal with. Um, so whether mm. that's not wearing pants, that's <laughs> that's how it's going to be. But it's you know when you when you don't have a lot of um, you know, constricting or, you know, you wouldn't wear a really tight dress and having to be dancing around, it doesn't work when you're performing. So that's why sometimes you see like a leotard or something that would be ideal for dancing uh, because it's not that restricting of the rest of your body. So essentially what you're saying, or maybe not saying, I don't know, that it's not about being provocative, but it's about being comfortable uh, and functional. In, in a sense, I, I definitely think you need both. Um, for some of these people, uh, Rihanna, Lady Gaga, Beyonce, I mean, you need to be revealing and, you know, um, yeah, risque a little bit to kind of keep up your reputation. Um, but yeah, I think that, uh, they also factor in that, that, um, functional sense when they're figuring out what to wear when they perform. JP, you mentioned some stuff earlier about uh, Shuffrin Stevens and uh, some of your experiences with him. And His music definitely has a certain weight to it. It's pretty serious music. There are times when he'll go to the other end of the spectrum and just do something kind of completely outlandish. And I, and I think he likes that tension. Uh, so I think that definitely comes through again in his set design and uh, the aesthetics of his show, including his, his outfits. But he definitely does take... 
um, a different approach to it where he, he wants you to feel that, that tension. So, um, I, I, yeah, I've been to, to shows of his where he's just wearing kind of completely ridiculous outfits where he's got, like, butterfly wings on and, um, you know, people in his, in his band are just wearing ridiculous costumes and masks and stuff. But I think he, he wants people to feel that tension uh, between kind of the weight of his music and, and he's, you know, kind of doing the opposite end of the spectrum by making you laugh at kind of how outlandish, you know, his, his outfit is. Um, so I think that's certainly the, the case. And I mean, probably epitomized by the, the last show that I went to was a, a Christmas tour this past December when he came through Chicago and he, he ended after, you know, singing a bunch of Christmas carols and really good vibe uh, with the folks in the crowd. He ended singing uh, his song, John Wayne Gacy Jr., um, which is about a serial killer. So, I mean, it was and, and like his own depravity. So it, it was a pretty kind of uh, buzzkill moment, but certainly intentionally done, done so. I think he wanted people to feel that, that weight and that tension between kind of the happy feeling and uh, the seriousness of this, this last song. So that was certainly, you know, the, the case with, you know, this last show. <laughs> yeah, I've been many shows like that too, where you kind of, you know, they, they're doing it for a certain reason and, I haven't had the chance to see Suffering uh, Stevens yet, and, and and but I've heard that that's he kind of likes to, you know, to do that. So hopefully I can get out to to see them or continue to talk to you and live vicariously through your, <laughs> through your experience, which yeah. you're you're putting me right there anyway. So, there you go. So, well, I, I'd so I, I, I thank you. Uh, that's that's awesome. So um, so as far as favorite concert experiences go, um, you know we, uh, we we love to share stories, you know, like like that. And um, what are what are some of yours, uh, Brittany? That uh, you know you could go back to one moment, uh, you know, of a concert experience that you wanted to relive, or one that you know ranks as, as tops on your list uh, for for whatever reason. What uh, what show would that be? Yeah, so I was thinking about this um, in preparation for this this interview, and I couldn't pick one. And you know, I've I've had a lot of um, top moments that that are awesome. Um, it was hard for me to just choose one outstanding one, but um, one one pretty cool story that I was thinking about this morning was um, I took a trip to New Orleans um, about two or three years ago, and um, New Orleans just has this insane kind of music culture um with just lots of history and lots of jazz and um you know it was I was with uh my boyfriend Brad and it was our last night um in New Orleans and we were in this kind of small little bar um and we were watching this this you know this group of jazz players and it they were all kind of older guys um, and they were just, you know, really just getting into it. And they all had sunglasses on, just really classic, you know, blues um, kind of music. And so um, we were, you know, we, we, were, we loved it. And afterward, we went up um, to say something to the lead uh, guitarist, the lead singer. And he um, was just, you know, this really old guy. He was just really, you know, happy, kind of talkative. And um, he started talking to us and um, telling us a story about how, he uh, and in his band, they had he had opened for Ray Charles in 1977 at the Playboy Mansion, and it was just this really cool story. Um, 
and he said that, you know, he, he wanted to meet Ray and, you know, Ray asked him if he could like touch his face. And so he's like, yeah, sure. And, you know, he, uh, he let him like touch his face and he's like, you know, I can tell you're, you're a Southern boy. And he just said he was like, you know, floored that he would say something like that to, to him. It was a stranger and just know that by touching his face and, you know, so it was just a very cool, um, you know, kind of series of events that, I just was traveling there, just struck up a conversation with this person who I might not have ever spoken to in my life and heard this, you know, outstanding story. So that was a cool moment uh, for me. Awesome. So your, your concert experience was enhanced by someone else's experience. Yeah. You know, that, that's awesome. So cool. Cool. You can have a couple of favorite experiences. <laughs> you don't have to nail them down at once. So, <laughs> so, so you, you can think about that when we can come back to you in a sec. But uh, uh, JP, what about, what about you? Wow. You, you I, mentioned I a, a couple already, but yeah, uh, sure. it's I don't know. the big question. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I have quite a moving story quite like that. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're not competing to here. To follow up on. You know, we're, uh, we're not, there, there's no prizes yeah, at the end of the show. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry, Brittany. No prizes. <laughs> I mentioned that. Even if you did, I, I assume that, that that story was true. You didn't make that up to, <laughs> to win the prize. It's on my blog from two years ago. Well, if you blog, that still doesn't make it true, though. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I believe it's true. Just having fun. We took a picture. That proves it. There's a picture of Brad and the guy. Yeah. Okay. We'll have, to, we'll have to check that. <laughs> we should have Photoshopped. Huh? We'll have to put that up on Live Fix with this uh, interview. Yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have that in the show notes for everybody for verification purposes. So... So what about you, JP? Sure. So I think I think the most moving show that I saw was that that Yonsei one that I referenced earlier. Uh, again, picking one show like like Britney, I think that'd be very difficult to, for me to do. More recently, though, I think one of the the neatest shows that I've been to uh, was last year about this time. Um, it was is of Monsters and Men, another Icelandic band. They they were coming to Chicago, uh, playing at, at Park West, which is a great venue. And it was right before their album had come out. So it was interesting. They were coming off this high where they had gotten a lot of buzz at South by Southwest. And album hadn't come out. They had sold out the show at Park West. And it was just a really, really good vibe at, at the concert because everyone was super into their music. And everything was so new for them as a band. This was their really their first tour as a band. So they were still very nascent um, and performers uh but everyone in in the at the concert knew all the lyrics to their songs uh before that the album had even come out and so as they started each new song everyone would start singing along Mm -hmm. and they would just kind of look at each other on stage like this is unbelievable that all these people know the lyrics to our song and and they're you know they're really digging this so it was a really unique time to see them just because Everything was happening so quickly for them. Uh, so just they were so happy on stage. Everyone in the concert was thrilled to be at this sold-out show. Uh, so it was just a really, really fun, fun concert. I'm sure I was smiling the entire time. Uh, and, yeah, there, there are a couple of just great moments. At one point in time, uh, <laughs> one of the guitar players, his mom had, had uh, hand-crocheted these little monster keychains <laughs> and it was kind of awkward but he like had some people come on stage to pick up these these keychains that his mom had made before they'd come out on the tour and there was also uh this one song where this really unassuming uh kind of uh, multi-instrument uh 
musician in in the background. Uh, she was playing the trumpet in this one song, but she was really low key, unassuming, kind of off to the side. Uh, but there was a song that kind of ha- featured a trumpet solo, and everyone was just kind of waiting for it to happen the entire time. And when she had this moment to to like rip out this trumpet solo, everyone just erupted, and and she like. Kind <laughs> of gave everything into it, uh, so it was just a, a hilarious, a hilarious but super fun concert, and really need to see them at that point in time before they had really kind of exploded and um, gotten big. Because you got to watch them experience how cool it was for them to, you know, really receive recognition for the music and um, art that they had created. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I love when bands, uh, I remember when I first started reviewing shows, you know, and, and just going to shows and shows and shows, and then you get to the, you know, a lot of part is uh, coming across these new bands and having that exact moment where you just described where they're still new, and then there you had that yeah. moment of like, oh, wow, like people are singing our songs, like, you know, it's kind of... Uh, a weird thing, you know, yeah. for them, you know, and they, they just kind of marvel at it, you know, and they, you know, mention it, you know, they, you know, you know they're very, you know, uh, thankful and appreciative yeah. of, of of that, but it, it it kind of stops them in their tracks. Yeah, you can you definitely know, a little tell. Bit. They, they would, like, look at each other as they were starting this song with just a big smile on their face, like, marveling. I think that's a great, great word to describe, and they definitely fed off that. You could see just the energy that they had. Uh, from from the crowd that was you know so excited to see them so yeah really neat experience and you and you were one of the fans uh, singing along yeah absolutely. right you yeah, know all the words that's all. absolutely absolutely <laughs> that's awesome very cool very cool so uh, thank you both for uh, for joining us and we had uh, a great chat here and uh, thank you so much for uh, for joining us do you feel that your uh, live music fashion sense has now uh, improved yes has it just raised been elevated exponentially absolutely. I mean, I mean, it was it was pretty high to begin with. I wish we did we had done the show a long, long time ago, because who knows how many shows that uh, you know. I, it's almost like when we had conversations like this. I wish I could go back to the shows that I've experienced with that knowledge and with that perspective. They would be so much better. Next time I go to a show or festival, I'm gonna keep track more of like what other people are wearing and see if it's really influencing fans. Really. Really, that's pretty amazing. So you know, it's 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 always awesome just to be able to, uh, you know, have people explain things and just in, in, in new ways. And you know, live music fashion is one of those things. And and that's why we've started a live music uh, fashion uh, pin board on our uh, Pinterest. Uh, yeah, live, live music, live uh, fix Pinterest, live Check fix it media. Out. You know, for this very reason. So this, you know. This is just the beginning of live music fashion. We finally kicked it off here. So, you know, this is just uh, the start and the continuation of the exploration of how mu- how live music and fashion intersect. So, you know, if you have uh, have a story, you know, I'm, I'm sure, Colleen, you're going to find, uh, you know, some people out there that um, think differently than, than what you do, you know, about live music fashion or dress differently than you, right? So Sure, sure. I mean, there's always room for... For new things. Right, right. And I will find somebody out there probably that dresses differently than me at a live show. And we're all going to have great times at the, at the concert. So it is, uh, it is amazing. We thank everybody. We thank JP. We thank uh, Brittany and the uh, Fastest Magazine for uh, taking the time to chat about uh, the amazing live music fashion. And um, 
the uh, the concert season rolls on. So we will uh, see everybody at we'll the show. We'll keep you updated. Oh, oh. this is a lot of. Oh, we will. We sure will. There's a lot of news with these festivals. So. All right, that just about wraps it. And uh, you can also get all the uh, the things we talked about during the show. So Brittany's rundown and everything will be uh, on the blog uh, in the show notes at livefixblog.com. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you later.